Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. television that's just what that's just me and I know I'm a nut that having been said since I am a nut I turned it down I came home I watched it on high definition but a great game quite possibly the best game of the year except if you go back and you take a look at the Green Bay Dallas game during the season what a good game Different outcome this time, as the Dallas Cowboys did take the loss to the Green Bay Packers in order to make it to the NFC Championship game. And not only that, on the other side of that, the Atlanta Falcons put it to the Seattle Seahawks, and we all kind of knew the Seahawks weren't the same team as last year. Let's just be honest. I mean, if you thought that the Seattle Seahawks were Super Bowl bound, I I wonder if you were a homer, if you weren't watching the game, if you weren't watching what was going on. That having been said, you switch to the other side. Of course, that being said is the name of this show. Go to the other side, go to the AFC side, and what you saw was a New England Patriots team have a scrimmage, but the Steelers, on the other hand, they were in the dogfight against the Kansas City Chiefs. And Kansas City, you, you've got to score more than 16 points to win the game in the playoff game. You've got, to put the, you've got to put the ball in the end zone at least three times in order to win a game in the playoffs. I'm a firm believer in that statement. 21 points may be enough to win, 21 to 20 or less. But if you don't score 21 points in the playoff game, 
you're not going to win the game. Just ask Seattle, who scored 20. Houston has scored 16. And Kansas City, who scored 16. So when you look at those numbers and you see where they are, you've got to ask yourself the question, were those teams capable of winning? Those in the first round, you see Houston scoring 28. Pittsburgh scoring 30. And then Seattle won their first round, scored 26. And Green Bay 38. You've got to score 21 points to win these games at least. And I look at these games, they're going to be really interesting. What team are going to score that 21 points? That's going to be the big question because I don't think we're going to get it in the NFC game, but in that AFC game later on tonight, just very well may could just end up just like that. Lots of other things to talk about in this game as well. We're going to cover a lot. We got a couple hours before kickoff of the first game, and that's going to be the answer. We have special guests coming on at the bottom of the hour. We're going to bring in Jeremy York. He is the host of Impact Zone. Good friend of mine. He also does the Impact Zone for the, the Atlanta Falcons as well as the Texas Revolution indoor football team. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to continue with that. Well, he probably will this year. So we'll have that. But I would be amiss if I did oh, not you didn't know. bring him in. The first co-host of this program. It is Cuervo on a Sunday morning. That being said, how you doing, my friend? Sunday, finally, the day has arrived. So let me tell you something. Today, I appreciate the intro, Sonny, but it's not about me. It's about it's about the man, the the legend is. Uh, as everybody knows him as the hardest working man in sports, Sonny Clark. And I know you're not going to do it, so I'm going to do it for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I want everybody that's listening right now, send your messages, call in. Everybody wish Sonny Clark a happy 35th birthday. Happy birthday, Sonny. 35, yes. Thank you. That, 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 that's beautiful. Thank you so much. All oh, to be 35 again, I would probably... You know, I probably do a show every single day at that age. Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible liar here, but yes, I turned a half a century. I'm one year younger than the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl, I had not been born yet. But after that, I've been along with them the whole time. So, yes, it is my birthday. Thank you very much for those. Uh, um, and also, thank those. I've been getting the messages all over Facebook about my birthday. I do appreciate that as I, I don't get to all of them because it's the – and by the way, it's the only day I open up my Facebook so I don't have to approve everybody wishing me a birthday, happy birthday. So at the end of the day, I'm going to close it back down because you never know what will end up on your Facebook page. But thanks about that. So uh, good good way well, to start off a Sunday, waking up on your birthday. 
Yeah, and, and championship Sunday too, Tony. So um, it, it, it's yeah. a great day. It's a great day for football. It's a great day for uh, celebrating a birthday. And um, I mean, I, I, I'm just ready to get this day started as far as football is concerned. And, um, you know, there's a lot to talk about. Like you said, there's a lot to talk yes. about. And, and, and there's only four games, and there's a lot to talk about it. So before we bring in Jeremy York, he's going to be calling at the end of the game, or uh, at the bottom of the hour. So let's talk about there are four quarterbacks. There are three of the four quarterbacks that could be considered MVP candidates. Um, and we all know which one's not, which we would normally be talking about Ben Roethlisberger maybe being an MVP candidate. But this year, he's not. But uh, he's still super Ben, Big Ben. We got three quarterbacks that are possible for the MVP. Who do you think is going to end up getting the MVP of the league? Is it going to be a quarterback, in your opinion? Or is it going to be one of the three that we're talking about here today? Uh, well, I mean, Sonny, I think there's a good chance that <clears throat> out of the four, out of the lot of three possible candidates, it's going to come down to two. Um, and, and this is not the Packers hater in me talking to me, but the reason I take Aaron Rodgers out of this conversation is because simply, I just, I, I mean, if, if you watch throughout the season, Rodgers, he, he didn't start getting hot until later in the season. And, and I get it. You know, it was important for him to get hot later in the season because maybe the Packers wouldn't be where they are right now if it wasn't for that. However, I think what's going to hurt him is it, it wasn't a consistent year for him. He struggled early. His team struggled early. And they turned it they, – they luckily for them, they turned it around at the end of the season. Well, when you go back, you know, Tom Brady did start the season outright, uh, you know, first four games. Um, but in the 12 games that he did play, they went, they went uh, you know, uh, what was it, 11 and, 11 and 3 or whatever it was. Um, so, you know, he didn't play the first four games, but at least in the, in the 12 games that he played, they were consistent the whole time. He was consistent the whole time. Matt Ryan, same thing. Didn't miss a beat, didn't miss a game. Um, arguably had the best season of his career so far. So, to me, Sonny, I think it's going to come down to, to Matt Ryan and Tom Brady. And, and depending on who you believe and how you believe and what you think should happen, would we be talking about Tom Brady not being considered if he was injured more so than suspended? You, I think you catch what I'm getting at here. Um, if it, you know, I, is there a difference than the Tom Brady being injured at the beginning of the year or the reason why he didn't play, which was the suspension and should that stop him from getting the MVP because of the reason why he didn't play the four, uh, the four games he wasn't in more so than injured? I don't think it's really going to penalize him, Sonny. Everybody knew that he, was gonna, he wasn't going to play the first four games. Um, you know, as far as, as, far as um, you know, other quarterbacks are concerned, for example, Ben Roethlisberger, um, that's something that you can't predict. Um, now I get it, Ben is a quarterback that is injury-prone a little bit. Um, however, it, it's never something that you expect to happen unless you're Tony Romo. So, um, you know, you never expect quarterbacks to go down and, and, and not 
and not play for half a season or, you know, three, four games or whatever. So as far as Brady, um, it, 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 it's a little different just because I think everybody knew, Sonny, everybody knew that he wasn't going to play those first four games no matter the circumstance. So everybody's obviously going to judge his play off of the 12 games that he actually did play. And we all knew that it was coming. So it wasn't an unexpected occurrence that happened. Uh, everybody knew once he came back, okay, um, you know, be ready for Tom Brady to go on a, on a, uh, on a tear. And that's exactly what he did. And I think that's why he's still considered for the MVP is because everybody expected him to come back um, and, and tear and tear up, you know, opponents, and that's exactly what he did. Any argument for Drew Brees? Um, I would love to make an argument for him, Sonny. It's just the way the voting goes now. It, it's it's not just about how you how you do individually. It's about your team as well. And when you look at you know the uh, the New Orleans Saints, they just weren't a very good team overall. Unfortunately, that's the way the voting, the thinking of the voters work. In order to be an MVP, your team has to be competitive. And, I mean, when was the last time we saw a player that didn't make the postseason, uh, where his team didn't make the postseason, win the MVP? It hasn't happened in a long time. So, um, you know, for as good numbers as Drew Brees put up, and he should be in the conversation. However, because his team overall didn't do very well this year, um, you know, there's really not much of a case for him. I don't think there is either. And and the guy threw for 5,200 yards. That would be the only consideration. But uh, as far as him quite possibly being that MVP of the season. So let me ask you, who do you think is going to win the MVP? And we're going to go on record here because they haven't announced it yet. So we get the opportunity to be able to get our words out there. Um, who do you think should be the MVP of this league? Who I think it should be, I think it should be Matt Ryan. Um, I, I think it should be Matt Ryan just simply because of, you know, like I said, I mean, <clears throat> the season that he had, um, you know, he, he it's it's really turned around for the Falcons. I mean, last year uh, wasn't very <clears> – <throat> wasn't that great for them. And and now this year, you know, he gets, he gets uh, uh, you know, better protection and the offensive line is where it starts really. And I know we're going to get into that conversation later, but, um, you know, this just proves how important an offensive line can be for a quarterback. So, um, I, I don't know what, what changed in Matt Ryan, you know, between last year and, and this year. I don't know if it was just an attitude adjustment or just a confidence, uh, factor or, or what it was, but I mean, Matt Ryan said he was lights out all season, and um, you know, I, I and I just think too, it's kind of like it's one of those things where you, you don't you don't want to look at it this way, but it's it's the reality of it. Reality of it. Um, the league wants to stick it to Tom Brady, so they're not going to let him win it this year. So that's why I say Matt Ryan's going to win. Who should win? Who should win? I mean, you, you 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 gave me the reason why, which would be the NFL sticking it to Tom Brady. It sounds to me is that you think Tom Brady should 
be the MVP. So I got I, I so you're on record for Matt Ryan to win it. Who should win it? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, to to be able to throw only two interceptions in twelve games, that's impressive, Sonny. I mean, that I mean, that's something that's never been done before. Um, so I mean, that's pretty valuable in my opinion. A quarterback that can only that can limit himself to two interceptions in twelve games. I mean, think about where the Patriots would be without Tom Brady this year. I mean. And, and, and don't Absolutely. give me the Matt Castle. Don't give me the Matt Castle talk for people out there listening. Oh, I, I'm so don't sick of that argument. That was going on all week. Yeah, I, I, come on. That was eight years ago or seven years ago. However long ago that was, you can't compare what Matt Castle did when Tom Brady got hurt to what's going on with the Patriots this year. Right? It, it's not even a comparison. Yeah, and, and on top of all that, to be able to have the season that Tom Brady did. With without his best receiver, which is a tight end, for you know eight out of those twelve games, he only had him for a handful of games, and still be able to put up the numbers with guys like Julian Edelman and uh, a rookie, and all and, and these these no name receivers, which he does every year any anyway, but to be able to throw only two interceptions in twelve games, Sonny, again that's something that's never been done before. And I think that's pretty uh, that's pretty noteworthy of of being valuable. Without question, Tom Brady's the MVP of this league. Let's get serious. Now he's not going to win it. You're right, Cuervo. He's not going to win it. And it, it, if you decide that it's not because the NFL is going to allow him to win it, or the fact that. Those four games, in order for him to figure out to be the MVP, are a big reason why you can't vote him in. Or the fact that you're just sick of Tom Brady. Those could be your reasons. Tom Brady, without question, if they had four more games, I mean, right now he's ranked 20th in yards. You give him those four games at 200 yards a game, he's already going to pop up into the top ten, if not more. If he obviously does. The two interceptions is amazing. I mean, because we can talk about all day long Matt Ryan uh, doing it. We can talk about, you know, Ben Roethlisberger just not having a great year. He's just a leader. And then you, you put it up on the other side. You got Aaron Rodgers. Really, I'll be honest with you, too, Cuervo. I'm full agreement with you. Everybody did good until he had six games left to go and he had to put the team on his shoulders, which tells me that Aaron Rodgers wasn't in the game in the first part of the season. Because that determination, obviously the schedule worked out for him as well, but you can always lose one of those games to get to those points. It tells me that Aaron Rodgers wasn't in it 100%. And that. I know I'm going to take some shots at that, but you know, but Aaron Rodgers, without question, is a badass, and he put the team. The guy's got a shoulder injury. I mean, he's carrying this team for the last part of the season in order to get where they're at right now, without question. Um, so there's no question Tom Brady's the MVP of this league. He's not going to get it. Now, if it's not going to be Tom Brady, it has to be. Um, it has to be Matt Ryan. And I'm going to give you the three stats why, okay? Forget about the yards. He threw for men, 4,944 4, uh, yards. 
second best in the NFL. Throw that out the window, okay? All right, that, that's the huge number when you look at it. You can even throw out the quarterback rating, which is obviously wonderful at 117.1, which, by the way, is best in the NFL. You can even throw those, that one out. I want to talk about it, and here's one other one you can throw out. 17 passes beyond 40 yards, which leads the league. You can throw that out. The ones that are important, Cuervo, the ones that win you games, and this is just a Sonny Clark opinion, the 20 yards in, second in the NFL, tied for second with Kirk Cousins at uh, 69 passes, number one goes to Drew Brees in a losing effort this season. Those are where you win your games, 20 yards of passing in between 20 and 40 yards. It's where you win your games without question, is one of the biggest stats out on that. Now, the other one we can talk about, Matt Ryan, as far as being the guy, this guy did this under pressure all year long. 37 sacks, Cuervo. He was sacked 37 times this season. That is another outstanding with as high as that stat is, they were still able to end up in the playoffs where they're at right now. That's the other stat that is huge that are on top of it. Now, with that other, the other stat that really, really makes me feel like this guy, you know, if it wasn't for Tom Brady, should win it, okay? You look at the numbers. It wasn't number one, but he still got 38 touchdown passes out on this season. Incredible numbers right there for you as far as your – so that's the reason why I see those three stats, and I say that's the reason why he is the, the MVP of the league. That's the way it's going to vote. But really, in reality, it's got to be Tom Brady, Cuervo. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it should be Tom Brady. But I, I think this is – this is finally, you know, it's – you know, Tom finally – uh, you know, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He finally takes the, the, the punishment um, and he, you know, serves the four-game suspension and all that. And I, and I think it's just one of those things where it's kind of like, all right, there, you were punished for that, but now we're going to also um, not allow you to be the face of this season. Uh, because yeah. I get maybe, maybe the way that the, the league is looking at it is, look, what – What's going to be the, the, the stamp on the season? Is it going to be, hey, we got, a new, we got a new fresh face in the league in Matt Ryan? Or are we going to say, hey, Tom, I know that, you know, you didn't play the first four games. We suspended you and whatnot. But uh, we're going to go ahead and let you win the MVP anyways. It's just not going to happen. I, I mean, I honestly don't see that happening. I think this is the year where Goodell, you know, really sticks it to Brady. Now, I don't think Brady even really cares because guess what? If he wins this game today, he goes he goes to another Super Bowl and he wins that. Gazelle Gis- can't do anything about that. So I, I exactly think Tom Brady probably can care less if he wins this MVP award or not. So you know he's gonna you know I'm sure he'll be like all right fine you don't want to give me the MVP that's fine but you can't deny me a Super Bowl uh, trophy if we win fair and square. So absolutely. Um, 
you know, that, that's, that's it's just one of those things where I just kind of feel like um, this this was Goodell's opportunity to really stick it to the Patriots and be like, you're not going to be the 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 theme or or the face of of the 2016-17 season. Um, we're going to yep. give it to somebody new. We we, we want it to be a fresh start or a fresh ending to the season. We're going to give it to a guy who's never won it before. Um, you know, it's time it's time for new guys to to um, really make their their mark in in this league. So I, that's, yep. that's kind of the way I I, I kind of look at it. Well, they want to turn it to a new face to run the place, and that's without question. And, and that's the reason. And I honestly believe that's the reason why they move forward against Tom Brady so much in order to get him suspended. They wanted someone else to be the run, the face of, that runs the place to steal a wrestling term over there. So that having been said, Matt Ryan definitely slid in there, and he's deserving of the MVP, by the way. He's deserving. Don't get me wrong. I don't want people to think that, you know, he's not deserving. He's deserving of the MVP, but the fact of the matter is it's got to be Tom Brady. So that having been said, which is the name of the show, Cuervo, I got a young man by the name, Jeremy York. He is the host of Impact Zone. He's going to be calling in at the bottom of the hour. We're going to jump into the Atlanta Falcons game since that's who he covers on Impact Zone with his shows about the Atlanta Falcons as well as my Texas Revolution right down here uh, in that, that uh, neck of the woods. So we're going to do, we're going to get our three breaks in. We're going to do that. Let's start with our first break. And when we come back, it's Jeremy York of Impact. A zone here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, and that being said, we'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving Rowlett 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. 
Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, it is fresh. This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. Week for week, 
Brady had a couple down days. Matt Ryan has done it with sometimes the fifth and sixth receivers, sometimes the third and fourth running backs. And, you know, this still isn't the best line in football, but adding Alex Mack has made it probably a top ten now. So it's got to be Matt Ryan. Well, let me ask you this. That's a good point that you got, but he still had Julio Jones. And whatever right. you want to say about him with the big game early in the season he had, which obviously everybody remembers, a big playability um, as far as Julio Jones. Um, it, it, you know, he has that guy that he can depend on. What is, what, what is the relationship, you think, there with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan? And, and I don't even necessarily know. What's his health situation, if you know anything, that is not out in the general media right now? Uh, well, Julio has the typical uh, every fast superstar in any dome always says the turf toe issue. And last I heard, which was earlier this morning, I heard that he's a go. But as far as the relationship between him and Matt Ryan, uh, you know, I would go. To, I would venture to say it's as strong as any quarterback wide receiver tandem has been, just throughout history. These two, it, I wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're hanging out at each other's houses, going to kids' birthdays, and this kind of stuff. It seems like they're always around. They're always talking highly of each other. Like I said, I, I think it's probably one of the better tandems in history. Corvo, when you look at Matt Ryan and look at the Atlanta Falcons and what they've succeeded all year long, first of all, no one picked them in this division. I know you didn't pick them. I know I didn't pick them. I knew that they could make a play for it. But really, if you think about the consistency factor of what Jeremy was talking about, what he has done all year long, he pretty much shocked the NFL with his performance in 2016-2017. Yeah, so I mean, you know, especially because of the, the season he had last year, uh, it was very up and down. Uh, but this year, it just kind of seems like, uh, you know, the things are starting to come together for the Falcons as a whole. And, you know, not to take away from, from what you want to ask Jeremy, Sonny, but I appreciate, I appreciate you coming on. That, that was a question that I had for you was, you know, I don't know if it's if the coaching changed from, from Mike Smith a couple of years ago to now you got Dan Quinn, a defensive-minded guy. Um, you know, I don't know if it's attitude, if it's personnel, if it's buying into what Dan Quinn is doing. What is really – you know, because this team was in this, you know, position four years ago playing San Francisco in the NFC Championship game and hosting the team as they are going to today. What do you think the biggest change is – now, today, compared to four years ago when they were in this position. Jeremy. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I didn't know if he was asking you or asking me. Uh, The biggest difference to me, the difference to me comes down to two players they added in Alex Mack that solidified the offensive line, allows them to run the ball, and Dwight Freeney, who allows Vic Beasley to rush off the edge and just be the monster he's supposed to be. Well, Dwight Freeney, I'm going to put it a little bit. Dwight Freeney obviously is not the Dwight Freeney that we've seen over in Indianapolis, but he demands the respect. And that's one thing that you, if you, and if you don't give him that respect, that's going to be one of the reasons why you'll lose a football game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, that's what the whole disappointment with Big Beasley was last year is he didn't have somebody on the back end that would command enough respect to free him up. You know, you look at 
you know, J.J. Watt's out all year for Houston, but Jadavian Clowney become a monster because he has Whitney Merciless. He has all these other guys, these other key people. In the, in the same way that the Keanu Neals and other people freed up Vic Beasley this year so that he could be the monster. And, you know, what, he led the league with like 15 sacks or something? Yep. I mean, you know, it's it's what this team has been missing all the way through the Mike Smith era. Unfortunately, as good a guy as Mike Smith was, somebody had to fall on the sword in the fact that, you know, he's a defensive guy, and yet they never really had a big sack master throughout all those times. That, you know, now that Dan Quinn actually has one, it makes him look so much better. But really, this is pretty much the team that Mike Smith had, just with a, a few more tweaks. Well, and exactly. And you could talk about, you know, getting over the hump and what the team needs to do to get over the hump. And sometimes it is a change at the top that you got to go to in order to, like you said, Mike, listen, Mike Smith is a badass. You can say whatever you want yes. about Mike Smith, but I will tell you straight out, if you sleep on Mike Smith, he, he's going to get you. That having been said, he, he, you know, we could talk about, Defense wins championships, and we can, and we will be talking about that. But this is the year there is only really one team that is going to depend up on that statement. I'm going to say it's the Steelers, um, because yeah. when you look at all the other three com- uh, teams competing in this conference championship area. Um, this is going to be all about offense. So that having been said, let's talk about who's got the most pressure, Jeremy, on him. You got Tom Brady. You have Aaron Rodgers. You have, and say whatever you want, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan, who has the most pressure on them to win these games and make it to the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, you could throw Big Ben in there because there's pressure on the Steelers that if they don't win, Mike Tomlin may be gone because he really is kind of more of a a rah-rah cheerleader guy. But as far as those three you mentioned, I think it's Matt Ryan because the city of Atlanta has been just starving for some sort of recognition for being a good city, a good sports city. All the pressure's on Matt now. He's kind of getting into later years of his career, still in his prime. But it just seems like number two has always been, you know, held – to the held to the standard that he needs to be the franchise guy to finally get him over that hump and finally get that championship. So, to me, it, it all rests on Matt Ryan and, and his execution. Well, yeah, and Cuervo, you can look at Tom Brady with all the Super Bowl rings, um, but uh, you can look at Matt uh, or Ben Roethlisberger, who has many Super Bowl rings. You have Aaron Rodgers with only one, but, I mean, who do you think has the most pressure on them to get the Super Bowl ring this year? Uh, Cuervo at those uh, quarterbacks. Uh, honestly, I, I think, Sonny, I think you would, you would have to – I would have to agree and say Ben as well. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you got to think about – where are the Steelers going? What direction are they going in, uh, you know, two, three years from now? Everybody knows how much Ben gets injured. So, I mean, who's to say that, you know, going into next season, he says, oh, I'm only going to play two more seasons or I'm only going to play one more season or whatever the case may be. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how much more uh, Ben Roethlisberger can play or, or at, a, at a high level with the injuries that, that he continues to have. So I, I think it's, it's one of those things where, honestly, I think because of his health, you can make the argument that Ben Roethlisberger 
has a smaller window than Tom Brady has, and, and he's the older yes. guy. But, but you think about health-wise, who's the healthier quarterback right now? Is it the older Tom Brady or the younger Ben Roethlisberger? I think we all know the answer to that. I think you're right. I, I'm, I'm looking at the quarterback position. You know, Tom Brady's been there, done that. Um, but here's, here, here's the fact that I think it is Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger's injuries are going to stop him from playing well before he should. And, and, now, and I said it before, and I said it on my first show ever here on Blog Talk Radio. Now, remember, this was back in 2009. Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer, without question. But he solidifies himself as a first ballot Hall of Famer if they can figure out how to get in there and win the Super Bowl. Without question, Ben Roethlisberger is a first ballot Hall of Famer if he gets yet another Super Bowl up underneath his belt. So the question will be, as we can sit here and say in the media and in fandom and everything else, who's got the most saying Matt Ryan, but I think the team or the guy that's going to put the most pressure on themselves that could end up being uh, uh, Big Ben up there in in Pittsburgh. So it's going to be a really interesting thing going on as far as where he will be. Now, I have Jeremy York online. He's going to hang out here for a little bit. That having been said, let's talk about the game. Let's jump into this one because this one's a big one. Obviously, NFC Championship uh, on the line. And when you do that... You got to talk about the records. You got to talk about the team. A Packers that is ten and six on the regular season, riding on the shoulder of Aaron Rodgers. The Atlanta Falcons at eleven and five. Jeremy, I believe, and I'll say it, is the most complete team in the NFL right now. Having been said, looking at this game, what are you looking at in this game, Jeremy, in order for the Atlanta Falcons to get the win? Or if you're going to pick the Green Bay Packers, what do the Packers got to do to get this victory? Oh, trust me. When we talk about uh, on, on my own show here on Blog Talk Radio, Falcons on, when we talk about Falcons, I'm known as the contrarian that very rarely picks the Falcons. So I think it was the fourth or fifth time this year when I actually picked them this week to win. And the way they're going to beat Aaron Rodgers is the same way you beat Tom Brady, even though they're completely different quarterbacks. You have to hit him early. You have to hit him often. Even if it's not a sack, you have to come straight up the middle, make sure he's looking down, not looking up. Don't let him throw to these guys we've never heard of before. Even though Jordy Nelson may be playing, he's going to be banged up. The first thing I would do there is kind of give him a a little bit of a shove and test those ribs. But, you know, I agree agree with you. The the Falcons are – the most complete team in the NFL. I, I absolutely agree there on all facets of the game, including special teams. The best thing they can do is continue to play their game and just know that nobody can go score for score with them on offense. Well, that's interesting that you say that because in this game, you expect it to be the beginning. Why is that? You take a look at the Packers, they finished 21st in the NFL in points allowed. The Falcons, they finished 27th, okay? And yet none of them will win the NFC Championship game on Sunday unless someone scores or stops somebody. And one of these teams are going to do it. And that is the numbers that I'm looking at because offensively, you've got Aaron Rodgers, you've got Matt Ice. Okay, Matty Ice, you got them both up there. Points are going to be scored. 
Who's going to stop them? And who's going to stop them and why, Jeremy? And then I'll shoot it over to Cuervo. Well, it, it, you know, if you're on the Packers' side, you want the Packers to win this, and I have no problem with that. I, this was one of the closest games I had to pick all year long because it's the hottest team versus the most consistent team, and the most consistent team is putting up, you know, 38 points a game. They are giving up like 30 points a game, but last time I checked, those are still victories. If you're the Packers, the only way that you can really get at Matt Ryan, it's not coverage because your secondary is going to get torched. No matter how much you like, ha ha, Clinton Dix, he, he can't go with Julio or something like that. You're going to have to rely on those veterans, and that would be Julius Peppers, and that would be Clay Matthews, the third, I think he is. But uh, if, if those guys can get pressure and, and they can really get some stuff up front, then they can try to contain. But then if you're on the Falcons side, then the best way, like I said, the best way to stop Aaron Rodgers, the same way you stop Brady. You come slap up the middle, just heavy and hard. You run linebackers, you run safety blitzes which is Dan Quinn's specialty. It's how he won up in Seattle. It's really what Gus Bradley did right in Jacksonville, the little bit he did there. It's You just got to be fast. You got to do those swarm-like tackles, and you got to just really pressure Aaron Rodgers. And I think that's all they got to do is make about two stops, and Atlanta's going to win. Well, Cuervo, if you look at Matt Ryan, okay, he has scored 71 uh, more points than – uh, any other team in the NFL right now. Ryan's 117.1 passer rating. Uh, not only did it lead the league, but it's the fifth best in NFL history. Okay, throwing for 4,944 yards and 38 touchdowns compared to only seven interceptions. And he's also topped 100 in the passer rating in 12 of the 16 games that he did play this year. And he went ahead and did it yet again last week against the Seattle defense that's supposed to be the legend of boom. Cuervo, you you got a guy that if you really look at it and you look at the defense of the Green Bay Packers, the immediate thing that's coming to my mind is Matt Ryan's going to torch this secondary like you wouldn't believe. Uh, you would hope so. Um, you know, but here's the thing. You know, <clears throat> as great as Seattle's defense is, is known to be, um, the, the boom and the legion of boom is no longer there. Okay? And then I'm not it's just a legion about, now. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, a legion of, of secondary guys. So, you know, I, honestly, I, and it's not even because of Earl Thomas. I mean, really, even when Earl Thomas was still playing, you, you saw it, it was kind of like Seattle had lost a step in that ability to really attack uh, receivers. Um, I, I think it comes down to the fact that, hey, Dan Quinn is the guy who created it, and now he's creating it in Atlanta with the secondary yep. that, uh, that they have down there. Now, they're not quite there yet. I'm not saying Atlanta is the new Legion of Boom. I'm just saying they're slowly starting to get better. Give it a couple more years. You're going to see, you know, guys like uh, like Deion Jones and, and, and these other guys in the secondary really going to be able to uh, really set their, their, their game to the next level. So, um, you know, but as far as, as, you know, Matt Ryan is concerned, I, I think what's really helping him out a lot too, Sonny, is, is when you have a running game like Devontae Freeman, if you remember a few years ago, and we used to talk about this on our show uh, yeah. last year, two years ago, when he had a, when he had Michael Turner at running back, you know, that's when Matt Ryan was playing his best football two, three, four years ago. 
And now he's got yep. a guy in Devontae Freeman who is providing that same, uh, you know, those same type of numbers as Turner did. And now you see the results where the balance is there again. You know, the Atlanta Falcons are not one-dimensional like they have been in years past. Balance is the biggest part of a football game. And all you got to do is go back a couple of years with the Dallas Cowboys when DeMarco Murray and uh, Tony Romo was, was playing. Now, granted, they didn't make the Super Bowl and everything, but they had the best season forever. Why? Because of the balance. If the balance isn't there, it's going to be uh, all over the place. That having been said, uh, you shoot this back over to Jeremy. Jeremy, you look at the Seattle defense this year. We talk about how great it is, you know, when it's going. But the fact of the matter is they lost their leader. They lost Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was the glue that held the Legion of Boom together. Now he's over in Atlanta slowly moving this team. This just goes to show Atlanta's pretty good right now. Just wait until they get that defense in full tilt. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, I – the thing I've kind of come across this year is that the Seattle defense, you know, you, we, we kind of nicknamed around here the Legion of Gloom because it's not looking good in Seattle, kind of like their weather. But mm-hmm. you, can, you can tell that, that team is slowly imploding. It looks like Pete Carroll is losing a grasp on his locker room. You have Richard Sherman thinking he can scream and yell at anybody. You, just, you have Russell Wilson getting dinged up because they didn't focus on an offensive line. You know, we can attest to that here in Atlanta. Ask Matt I, you know, Matty Ice, what it's like to get knocked around 700 times in a year. But, yeah, yeah this, this, this Seattle team, just, it's a shell of what it was. They are actually helping their offensive out, but there's no way to help an offense without attacking that line. And, and they've done nothing to help that line. So, you know, it was a slam dunk here when we had to pick that game. We all knew Atlanta was going to beat them. They're just, that Seattle team, is, it, it's almost seen its better days. Without question, and Cuervo at the beginning of the season, and I got to say this so Jeremy knows, I've been patting myself on the back. I've called this Seattle situation to the – I knew it. And when Jeremy said the classic line, that's perfect, we're watching the Seattle Seahawks team implode in front of us, and the reason being is, is that – they don't have the other guy. They don't have that Dan Quinn that can be the guy that they can go to. Now they don't have Dan Quinn. Now now you've got Sherman going directly to the head coach now, which I said at the beginning of the season, he's already beginning to lose his team, and they may be successful this year, but wait until next year, and that has all come to pass. Up in Seattle, what do you think of the chances of them improving themselves to get back into the playoffs and make a big splash before we move on. Uh, well, first of all, Sonny, I will vouch for you. You have been saying that all season um, as far as the situation up in Seattle. Um, you know, I, 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 they need a disciplinarian type of a defensive coordinator like to have a Quinn. Uh, you can call it the assistant principal if you want, Sonny. I know you like to use that term. Uh, yes, they need somebody that will that will get will get that defense back to um, you know not really having that freedom of thinking that they are they run the show uh, you know and the defense is great I'm not saying that I'm, what I'm saying is as far as from a, a standpoint of 
of uh, you know you should never as a player you should never go straight to the head coach. I don't believe so. You should never go straight to the head coach. I agree. If you have an issue with the team as a whole. You know, and there's a thing I like to use in my profession. We call it the chain of command. So um, you, you never go straight to the boss uh, without going through your immediate supervisors first. So obviously, you know, that would be the defensive coordinator for guys like Richard Sherman. It's just not there anymore, Sonny. And, and, and they're missing that up in, up in Seattle. There's no disciplinarian for the defensive players to kind of yank that chain whenever they get out of hand. And, and I think that's a big thing as far as why the, the Seahawks are starting to fall apart. And if they don't find somebody soon, it, it, it's, it's not going to get – it's going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. Absolutely. Now, I got uh, uh, Jeremy here for the next few minutes. Let's – and we'll go ahead and get his prediction on who's going to win this game the Atlanta Falcons, or is it going to be the Green Bay Packers there? Jeremy, I'm going to put you on the spot. Cuervo and I will pick ours on the other side. Um, but who do you got in this one? Well, uh, to echo what I said earlier this week, uh, it's really going to be another one of those games that's going to come down to who gets the ball last because they're going to be able to get the field goal or they're going to get the touchdown that they need. But, I mean, I'm going to have to homer out and go with my home city here and, and say the Atlanta Falcons are going to win the game. Uh, it, they seem like, a, I hate to say, a team of destiny, but it just there's a magic to this team that has not been here since maybe the Chris Miller days. And looking at the AFC side, with, you know, give us a quick breakdown on what you see on the AFC side with the uh, Steelers and the Patriots. Who have you got in that one? Uh, well, Brady biasness aside, uh, I still think the Patriots are going to be able to win this. They're a more complete team. They have less, you know, you wouldn't have a Richard Sherman and you wouldn't have an Antonio Brown on the Patriots because they just don't put up with those kind of character things. And I also think this is going to start to be the downfall in Pittsburgh of, you know, like you said, Ben Roethlisberger is getting older. They don't have his replacement yet. I think Antonio Brown is borderline going to be off this team in a couple of years. They're, I don't think they're going to re-sign him for his attitude. So you're going to kind of see that team start to implode the way Seattle is. They still don't have a good defense. And at the end of the day, Tom Brady's been throwing to nobody's his entire career besides, you know, Terry Glenn and Randy Moss. So Brady's going to win this one again. We're going to get Falcons Patriots and it's going to split me right down the middle as to who I want to pick in that one. Jeremy, let people know about your shows here on blog talk radio uh, that you do weekly as well as uh, seasonally. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the uh, opportunity, Sonny. Uh, every Thursday, at least through the week after the Super Bowl, our show Falcon Zone will be live on Blog Talk Radio, 7 p.m. Eastern. That's 6 p.m. in the greater Texas area. Uh, we talk Falcons. We talk NFL. We've had some pretty cool guests. We actually had Warren Moon on a couple weeks ago. We've had Chris Miller, Icky Woods, those type of things. But that's on Thursdays. Uh, right now, we're doing a... We're doing a video show on YouTube called Board Check where we cover the NHL and we also cover the Boston Bruins because they're the affiliate of the local Atlanta Gladiators here. And then here in a couple weeks, we'll actually fire back up where we cover Georgia State baseball and football. And we also cover uh, the uh, Texas Revolution, which I believe you, Mr. Clark, have a a good history with, as we all know. Uh, That'll be firing up here in a couple weeks. We don't know times and dates yet, but... You know, we're easy enough to find. If you go to Blog Talk Radio, put in 
uh, Impact Media. You typically find us, or we're all over the social media. Send me the link for the hockey one uh, in a Facebook message, if you would, my friend. I definitely will. All right, so he is Jeremy York from Impact Zone over here on Blog Talk Radio. We are going to take a quick break, and folks, when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit more into this Atlanta game for this next segment, and then we will get on to the New England Patriots game. We'll take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. You're listening to coverage of the actual conference games. We're going to give our opinions and break it all down here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty? The Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nine Chadwick, dot jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. 
Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Power Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course. Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. And that being said, and that's our show, but the, at, at the same time, we got to push one more button and let's just, uh, let's, let's, oh, how do you say it? Um, there, there's what I want to say. Let's do it right. That's what I'm looking for. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Our number two of that being said... It is the conference champions game. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the New England Patriots a little bit later on today, but the game that's starting up here fairly quickly. Green Bay Packers in Atlanta. We kind of covered a little bit about this game when we had Jeremy York from Impact uh, Zone on, a guy that covers this team inside and out where um, but that having been said, let's take into what we're going to be looking at this game. The Atlanta Falcons, they entered this game on a five-game winning streak, running 14 passes, zero interceptions during that five-game winning streak, which is always big. That having been said, when you see what is going on on the other side of it with what Aaron Rodgers has done in the last seven games, you got two teams that know how to be explosive. You got two teams that know how to win when they got to win. Really, though, in my opinion, Cuervo, when I look at this game right now, the hottest hand in reality is Aaron Rodgers and what he's done in the last seven games. And I'm going to just be honest with you, Cuervo, I thought they dropped one of those last ones and get them knocked out of the playoffs. But, yep, Aaron Rodgers does it again. I mean, pretty soon, do you think they'll be able to mend Aaron Rodgers' shoulders uh, injuries where he doesn't have to carry this team year after year after year? Well, well, Sonny, as you know, as the saying goes, you know, father time is undefeated. So, yeah, you know, at the age at the age Aaron Rodgers is at, he can do it right now. But five years from now, maybe we're having a different conversation. Maybe we're having the conversation of okay, Aaron Rodgers is at the career at the point in his career where he needs. Uh, you know, some guys around him. He needs pieces around him in order to be able to help carry this team into the playoffs and and 
you know, and as much as Packer fans don't want to hear this, it might be time to start looking for a replacement for him because, you know, just like when Brett Favre was getting older, nobody wanted to hear that. But, um, you know, the Green Bay did the right thing. They drafted Aaron Rodgers in the first round in 2005. And, I mean, you know, he sat for a few years under, under Favre, but it was the right move, obviously, as, you know, they've already won a Super Bowl. They're, they're trying to get to another one. And, um, and it, like like you said, Sonny, it's, it's only going to be so much longer that Aaron Rodgers can play at this level and do the things that he does. So, um, you know, that's that's the big thing. Is Father Time is undefeated, and you can only he you can you're we're only going to see so many more years of these throws that he's able to make and and these you know escapes that he makes out of the pocket and and and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, the Packers have to understand that. You know, they're going to have to start building some better pieces around him. I mean, get you a real running back. Get you, you know, some some a, a big receiver. I mean, nothing against Jordy Nelson or, or Randall Cobb, Sonny, but these are, these are smaller dudes. And as you, as you can see, they have trouble taking hits, and, and they, they get injured frequently. If it's not Cobb, it's Nelson. If it's not Nelson, it's Cobb. So, I mean, they need them a big, big target um, that can that can absorb big hits and can stay in games and, and can really make some plays. Listen, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb are at best and number two on a football team that has that superstar at the wide receiver position. And, and that's not to disrespect Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb on what they do, but they're not number one quarterbacks. Wherever you're absolutely right. And this team, the Aaron Rodgers, goes out there and does it with the, with the no names and gets the job done. Now, you, you look on the other side of that, you, you have a guy where a franchise believed in you so much they sold the farm to get you, that being the Atlanta Falcons and Julio Jones. And we talked about that when it happened as the best move that the Atlanta Falcons could have done in order to improve their team. Now we get to see the benefit of it here. Maybe a couple of years too late in reality. This should have been happening a few years back. But we get the idea of what's going on. You got that number one quarterback. You got the guy that can do it. You got guys, uh, you know, and, and I'm looking at that right now. First time all pro for Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, two time MVP. Um, so when you look at those numbers, you, you're looking, these teams are set at the quarterback position. What do you got to do? You got to do something on the defensive side of the ball because we, I talked about the numbers as far as the defense is concerned. As Green Bay finished 31st in pass defense, Atlanta was much better um, at 26. But the big numbers, as you look at it, both teams finished in the bottom quarter of the league on third down conversions and in the red zone on the defensive side of the ball. Somewhere, somehow, Sonny Clark is looking at it and going, what are you going to do defensively? I think the Atlanta Falcons have that better because of obviously their head coach and what they can do. Um, and when I look at these defensive coordinators, give me Quinn. He's only won the Super Bowl already. He's got the ring. And I, I love what Atlanta has been able to do consistently week in, week out, and, um, and 
and if you believe what Dan Quinn said, he said he's going to play without limitations, okay? So that means Julio Jones is going to catch the ball a lot. Uh, what is it? Uh, 1,400 yards this year, about 80 receptions out there, six touchdowns, and Green Bay, the defensive attention had better be on Julio Jones because guess what? You don't mark your defense, at least your best guy, whoever your opinion may be, Cuervo, better be on uh, uh, better be on Julio Jones, depending on who that person is. I mean, I mean, but when I look defensively for the Green Bay Packers, I just don't see that guy. I mean, if you want HaHa Dix to be that guy, or, or who's going to be the guy that's going to cover Julio Jones today, Cuervo, and have success? It's not going to be one guy, Sonny. I'll tell you that right now. It's going to have to be double coverage. And, and what that exactly. does, it's going to allow guys like Muhammad Sanu and Taylor Gabriel, who's, who's come out of nowhere the past month, to, to be freed up and, and to be able to make some plays. And, and that's the thing, Sonny. It's, you know, we could sit here and talk about, well, you know, Julio Jones is going to be covered. And, um, you know, who's going to be able to step up? Well, with with Atlanta, fortunately for them this year, it's who hasn't stepped up. Everybody has been contributing, and that's the thing. You know, it, it's really been an issue of everybody has been doing their part. Um, you know, obviously Devontae Freeman with the season he had, he's been doing his part. Muhammad Sanu is the number one receiver. A receiver. 653 yards receiving, four touchdowns. He's doing his part. Taylor Gabriel, slot guy. Yeah. Amazing speed has picked it up in the last month. He scored six touchdowns. He's stepping up. Uh, and then, you know, you look at the tight end position, I mean, I, it's, not, it's not glorious. It's not Tony Gonzalez anymore. But they still have guys that can get you red zone opportunities. They got guys that, that um, you know, are reliable. So, I mean, for Atlanta, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's a great feeling to know if you're Matt Ryan that, oh, my, you know, hey, I have more than just Julio Jones as an option. I can go absolutely guys, and and these guys are going to make plays. That that is that is a great freedom to have if you're Matt Ryan. And that's the reason why I picked the Atlanta Falcons because if one thing goes down, they got other things that can get the job done. It, it, let's just say Aaron Rodgers can't deliver the ball, okay? Um, or let, let's just put it this way. Without a Jordy Nelson, who are the Green Bay Packers going to go to? Now, I know Rodgers can make guys better. Don't get me wrong. That's one of the reasons why he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But you don't want to figure that out in round two of the playoff square, vote. You want that done and said over. These are the guys I'm going after. I just don't think the personnel is right for the Green Bay Packers to win the game. If they had better personnel out on the football field, it, even – one more receiver, I picked Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. But the fact that Jordy Nelson is definitely going to be limited, and what Jeremy York said is exactly what they should do. They should put a pop on him immediately and see how he can take it. You've got too many, what do they say, kinks in the armor? In reality, when you look at the Green Bay Packers today compared to the Atlanta Falcons. That's why I'm going to Atlanta Falcons. They got too many other things that they can do in order to win the game because when you look at the Packers, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to win the game. 
Yeah, exactly, Sonny. And, and you know, that that's, this is a tough game to pick, Sonny. Um, you know, there, there's things that make – there's reasons that make me want to pick the Falcons, and then at the same time there's reasons that make me want to go with Green Bay. So, um, you know, after, after bouncing back and forth, Sonny, you know, my my mind tells me Atlanta, but my gut feeling tells me my gut feeling tells me Atlanta just doesn't have enough experience at this level in the postseason. Oh, good point. To to play the chess match that Green Bay knows how to play. So now here here's the thing. So, Jordy Nelson, everybody's excited. If you're a Packer fan, you're excited. How Jordy Nelson's going to play? Guess what? He's not going to be a factor, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you not right at now. All. Jordy Nelson's going to have four catches. He's a red herring, Cuervo. Okay. And if, it, hey, Cuervo, he's a red herring, and if they use him for anything different, it's a mistake. So, I mean, yeah, and, and Green Bay's going to have to be careful with how much they play him because – yes. Yeah, I mean, because a guy like Jordy Nelson can really – he can either help a lot because of the receiver that he is, or he can hurt you. Because if you think about it, Jordy Nelson – I mean, who's to say Jordy Nelson not going to go out there and and play a little nervous, play a little scared because of – Absolutely. The pop that he took. And and you could see some drop balls because he's going to be hesitant to – to take a hit or, or something along the lines of that, um, that could very well happen. Um, you know, but here's the thing though. So this, and, and this is why as much as I want to see green Bay lose, you know, I want to see green Bay lose. You know, I, yep. Yeah. The reason I'm, I'm going to say green Bay wins this game. I think, First of all, Aaron Rodgers is, is playing at an unbelievable level. Okay, he's thrown what one interception uh, in, in the past two months. I mean, we talked about yep. Tom Brady and, and what he did. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is, is is doing some amazing amazing things too. But here's where I see Atlanta going wrong. Now everybody's talking about put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Do you not realize? That Aaron Rodgers plays the best football when he is outside of the pocket and he's running Absolutely. and he's extending plays. Atlanta's going to get too aggressive on, on defense, Sonny, and it's going to come back to bite them. What you have to do is you have to hope, you have to hope that you get coverage sacks on Aaron Rodgers. Atlanta has to cover these receivers. Atlanta has to force Rodgers to, to make plays in the pocket find somebody open and hope that that offensive line will, will hold up and um, allow Rodgers to make a throw. See, the, yep. that's, that's where Atlanta – I think Atlanta's going to go wrong there, Sonny. They're going to get too aggressive on defense. They're going to go after Aaron Rodgers, and it's going to allow him to do what he does best, extend plays, get out of the pocket, run on, run, or throw on the run, and, and he's going to burn them. He's going to burn them, and I see I see Green Bay winning this game for that reason. If 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 Aaron Rodgers gets out of the pocket, I think I agree with you. The key to the game, in reality, we can talk about Matt Ryan. We can talk about 
Julio Jones getting the ball. We can talk about all of that. The key to this game is one thing. And Cuervo, you nailed it. You've got to keep Aaron Rodgers in the pocket. If he gets out of that pocket, that's exactly right. He's going to burn you, and it's going to cost you the game. So the biggest thing when I'm looking at this game, and I'm hoping they can do it, um, because I'm picking the Atlanta Falcons, and if they win, it's because they were able to maintain Aaron Rodgers in the pocket and put much pressure on him to where it definitely affects how he delivers the football. But you're right, Cuervo. Once that guy gets out and running, uh, it, it could be say la vie for the Atlanta Falcons. So you're going Green Bay Packers? Unfortunately, Sonny, yes. I, I, I think Green Bay wins this game. Green Bay for Cuervo. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Atlanta Falcons. Next game on the board, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll tell you, an interesting game coming up at 11-5 for the Steelers. Patriots 14-2 on the season. Cuervo, um, when I look at that whole situation, this, I, I mean, 14-2. and two. Okay, did those two losses come with with uh, Tom Brady, or was it one of those losses in the first four games? One of one of them was with Garoppolo. Uh, it was the last game that uh, New England had to play without Brady. Uh, they got shut out sixteen nothing against the Buffalo Bills. That's right, eleven and one Tom Brady in the regular season. Good God! Yeah, I- I'm telling you right now, don't get much better than that. However, four extra games, you know, and the fact of the matter is, is four extra losses. And now, who's to say the Patriots wouldn't have lost four in or four of those games that he was in there? You know, obviously, I, you, when you looked at the games, if Jimmy Garoppolo could get those victories, you know Tom Brady can too. So when I'm thinking the comparison in this game, Cuervo, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking exactly at that's what would have ended up happening. And let's just say they – and by the way, if he was in on that Buffalo Bill game, they win that football game. So you're looking at Tom Brady definitely, but we go back to what you were talking about, the pressure. How much pressure is a Ben Roethlisberger going to put on himself, okay, as he's – how about this? You know, Ben Roethlisberger waited 12 years for a playoff rematch with Tom Brady. Um, so that happens today in the FC Championship game. So Roethlisberger, uh, you know, you know, playing in the AFC Championship for the fifth time. He's three and one in the four before that, and in 13 years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this goes back into the conference t- uh, championship game back in 2010. He missed the regular season game in October with a knee injury. So the fact of the matter is Ben Roethlisberger is finally going to get a little opportunity to get retribution on Tom Brady. I love creating a story, but this is not even a story. And I've heard that all week long, Cuervo. It, it doesn't matter the quote-unquote rematch. It doesn't matter all that. These are. This is a different game. This 
season compared to the last time that they met in a playoff game, Cuervo. This is, this is such a big difference because there are a lot of other stories on the outside of this looking in, whether if you think Roger Goodell's trying to stick it to Tom Brady, whether the story is, is that Tom Brady didn't play in the first four games. Cuervo, I said it at the beginning of the year, the best thing that could happen for the um, Patriots is that that he does get the four-game suspension, and he's only played in 12 games this year. Ben Roethlisberger has been beat up for 17 games, Cuervo. So you're looking at 13 games compared to 17, Cuervo. I mean, Tom Brady is just now getting into the zone where he had to be good if he played in all 16 games. This is a very good point, Sonny. I mean, you know, let's face it, the football in September, you're still getting a feel for how your team is. So, Absolutely. in reality, yes, the games, the games count, but in New England's, you know, uh, case, they really didn't matter a whole lot. They count, but they no. really didn't matter. So it's, it's kind of like the preseason, you know, where, where games games count, you know, they, or they, they don't count, but they matter. So it's kind of like the opposite uh, of preseason football where, you know, the games, the games matter, but they don't count. Well, here the games counted, but they really didn't matter because it's September football. You, you're still getting a feel of the team, and everybody knows what New England's all about. So, yeah, I think you're right, Sonny. I mean, this is the time of the year where it's like, you know, <clears throat> and I'm not talking about just the, the postseason, but in December and in November, after Thanksgiving is when football really counts. Let's be honest. Absolutely. That's when football starts to really count, is after Thanksgiving. So, you know, in the case of the, of the Patriots, uh, well, in this game, really, here's a storyline for you. Whoever wins this game, it'll be the ninth time that that franchise represents the AFC in the Super Bowl. So whoever wins this game, Sonny, is going to go to their ninth Super Bowl, and that's an NFL record. There's a storyline for you. Big storyline. You're absolutely right. And it it just goes to show the importance of that game. Now, I actually made a mistake. Well, well, that's often for Sonny. But the Pittsburgh Steelers have played – not in 17 games this season, but 18. I forgot about the first round when they wiped up the floor with Miami. So, you know, so they have the 16 regular season games and the two playoff games that they've already played in. 18 games the Pittsburgh Steelers have played this season with Ben Roethlisberger at the quarterback position, and <laughs> Tom Brady's just suiting up for his 13th. Uh, you know, there's such an advantage on a guy that has not taken the weekend, week out, you know, hits that you got to take week in and week out. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I called it at the beginning of the year, if he got suspended, I don't even have to tell you who I'm picking in this game, Cuervo. And here's the thing. I want the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game. I want them to win. And, the, and one of the reasons why I want to win is, is because I want to see the Steelers win the Super Bowl. I do want to see that. It's just not going to happen. 
as much as I want that inside me, as much as I want to look at Bell and what he's done uh, here in the playoffs, which, by the way, is magnificent. I think it was like 168 yards this guy's averaged in the two games in the playoffs. Yeah, there it is. 168.5 rushing yards in the postseason set the franchise record for rushing against Miami in the wild card round. Then broke it on Sunday night at Arrowhead Stadium. I mean, it, there's just so many stories that I want to see the Steelers be able to do it. But here's where I think that they're really lacking. Okay, compared to the to the Patriots. When the Steelers' defense is not playing well, they're not playing well. On the other side of that table, when you look at New England on their defensive side of the ball, they really only played two bad games this season in reality, and they won one of those two. So, you know, when I look at measuring this team, my heart, I, I want Pittsburgh to win this game so much. I just, I just can't see it because all around there are too many things against the Steelers as far as when you make the comparison on both sides of the ball, Cuervo. Yeah, you know, all the talk this week has been about how well uh, Le'Veon Bell's played so far in the postseason. And, and yeah, uh, obviously the, the situation with Antonio Brown and things like that, you know, um, you know, the comments that Mike Tomlin... Boy, the media, by the way, the media is really stretching for that story, aren't they, Cuervo? I mean, who gives the big last fat butt, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at that story on Antonio Brown. I mean, is it me or are they really reaching for that story? I, I, I think they are because it, it technically is a violation of the NFL's policy on social media and all that stuff, so... Obviously, they when, when somebody breaks a rule, an NFL rule, you know, it, it, they make it seem like they're the worst person in the world. And, and right, and you know, they do that to everybody. So yeah, it, I think it, it got a little blown out of proportion. What sucks though is that, um, yeah, you know, it, Mike Tomlin was uh, saying certain things that, you know, the, the public shouldn't be hearing. All right, what? Yeah, the and then that goes on in the locker room every single day. Yeah, I mean, it's locker room talk. Whatever is said in the locker room stays in the locker room. Just like right. you say about whatever whatever, is in, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? But, you know, yep. it's just like, a, you know, I mean, but, hey, like you said, I mean, there has to be a storyline. Antonio Brown uh, gave him a storyline uh, to, to, to say. And what that does, though, is now the Patriots have even more fire in their eyes to, to really – uh, just go out there and and really put it on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm not saying that's why New England's going to win, but I mean you're talking. There's a lot of things that kind of add up. You got you got that. You got the fact that Brady and Belichick are still together as quarterback and coach combination. And on top of all that, Sonny, I mean, it's like we mentioned earlier. Um, you know, it, it, when you have a team like the Patriots who has that. It's, it's us against the world mentality. That's that's something that you cannot, um, you know, uh, put on paper and analyze. So it, it's really hard to, to sit there and analyze the mentality of this team where they have that us against the world feeling. And like I said, when that happens, 
um, and you got Brady and Belichick backing you up, that's that's a train that is going to be really, really difficult to stop. Cuervo, I I I am amazed that the Pittsburgh Steelers are in this playoffs right now, and the the and the simple fact of the matter is the Patriots are not playing the Chiefs. I, I'm going to tell you right now, and I said it at the top of the show, and I meant it. You don't score 21 points in this league. You you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. I mean, Pittsburgh got six field goals. They didn't even get into the end zone. That tells me something. That tells me where the season has taken a part of them, Cuervo. And in the first round, they get some success. It's beginning to taper off. And I know that Kansas City defense is pretty good, but uh, but no touchdowns in that game, man, that's a red flag. Well, for the Chiefs, it is, yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you know, because you said Pittsburgh, so yeah, they just right. touchdown, which says a lot about. Kansas City's defense, but the Chiefs should have won that. I'm telling you, if the Chiefs and I picked Kansas City to win that game, by the way, so yes, I got it. Mm-hmm. I got that game wrong. But yep. if Kansas City had any other quarterback but Alex, I'm scared to throw the football Smith, the Chiefs would have easily, easily won that game. I mean they should have I agree. they should have beat they should have beat the pants off of that Steelers team. However, like you said, it's a miracle that they're in this game. And a miracle. Trust me, I, I'm sure Mike Tomlin, he, he realizes that, that they're fortunate to be in this game. And I'm sure it's not going to be a disappointing uh, uh, you know, performance today. They'll get in the end zone today. I just don't know how many times um, and obviously how many times they're going to be able to stop New England. That's, that's, you know, that's the question. Quavo. I'm looking at that game last week, and I'm looking at the difference between the Kansas City defense and the Patriots defense. The Patriots defense is better, and look what they did to them. I mean, seriously, when all the things that were really edging them, I mean, everything was in their corner. And the the Kansas City City Chiefs are a touchdown away from from, uh, a field goal from walking out of there and playing the New England Patriots today more so than the the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's just say the fact that they won that game, they are a very lucky football team. And we always talk on this show, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. That's during the regular season, my man. Because I'm going to tell you right now in the playoffs, if you're lucky, that's the thing that's going to sink you. And that's one of the things I looked at this game. Where are, the, where are the Steelers at this point of the season? They were lucky to get to this game. They didn't win that game. They just didn't lose it. And there's a big difference when when you make a statement like that, Cuervo. Oh, yes. And, yeah, I know you're absolutely right. I mean, um, you know, and to take it a step further, I mean, the, the Chiefs were a two-point conversion away. They were a holding call away. And they got it. The exactly. <laughs> they were, yeah. But because of a holding call, which, I mean, you know, I guess it was a holding call, but um, it, that game should have went into overtime. 
that game should have overtime. And, you know, we could who knows be talking what it about. Was. Yeah, who, I mean, we could be talking about Chiefs Patriots right now. But, you know, the, the Steelers got the call. Uh, they got the holding call. And, you know, here we are. So, um, and, you know, the Steelers, um, I, I think, I think, for them, I mean, all, all the talk about Le'Veon Bell and, and how well he's been running the football. Listen, they've been studying. Because here's the thing: if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if Le'Veon Bell did Le'Veon Bell play the first time that, that these two met earlier in the season. I think he did. Yes, I think he did. But, I, I'll, I'll go back and I'll look at the schedule. He was out for the first four games. I thought they played them in week se- in their seventh game. Let me. I'll look at that. Yeah, it was it was later. It was like in the middle of the season. But I think we all know that New England has been studying Le'Veon Bell and the way he runs the football. Don't think for a second that Bill Belichick doesn't have a plan to uh, stop Le'Veon Bell and to you know make the Steelers one dimensional. So. That said, Tony, I mean, I, I really think this is a different situation as compared to the other game where I really feel like New England is going to go after Ben Roethlisberger because we've been talking about how how beat up he is. And let me tell you, just just two weeks ago after that game against Miami, guess what he, guess what he was doing after the game? He was walking around in the boots. Yep. Don't think New England forgot about that. Don't think for one yep. second Bill Belichick forgot about that. That that's that's a sign right there. Hmm. Okay. He's got he's got a a, a weak ankle. I, I think we're gonna go for it. I think we're gonna go after it. And week seven. I think they're yeah they're gonna go they're gonna go after Ben Tony. Um. And I mean they're just gonna have to hope that Antonio Brown has the game of his career. That's the only way I see Pittsburgh winning this game is if is if Antonio Brown has a record setting. Day, record-setting AFC championship. You know he's breaking records. I'll just put it like that. That's the only way I see yeah. the Steelers really winning this game. Week seven was when they met. I was correct. New England won that game, twenty-seven to sixteen. But I, I'll even take that statement about Antonio Brown in the end zone. We're going to see more touchdown passes than Ben Roethlisberger because Ben Roethlisberger is going to be on his back. I'm going to tell you that this this New England team, you do not you've got to do your best not to show any kind of weakness because you're right, Cuervo. Bill Belichick, you know, listen, they, they won't put it out there as far as bounties are concerned, but I'm going to tell you right now, someone. Someone's going to be at Ben Roethlisberger's feet, okay? And Ben Roethlisberger is going to get knocked around like a pinball. I mean, without question, the way that you win this game, you've got to take Ben Roethlisberger out of it because Le'Veon Bell can't do it all by himself. Neither can, neither can Antonio Brown. So what is the common denominator in those two? That's Ben Roethlisberger. You've got to get to Ben Roethlisberger. You've got to hit him. And I have a feeling that we're going to see some big-time pressure coming straight up the gut because Ben Roethlisberger doesn't get out of the pocket as well as he used to. He's got the boot on, so he's got a problem with his foot. 
So you're absolutely right, Cuervo. They're going to be all over Ben Roethlisberger like flies on it. And, it's, and, and I think Ben Roethlisberger just may get hurt in this game. Whether it's illegal or whether it's illegal, I don't know. But I don't see Ben Roethlisberger really coming out of this game to where he is an impact player in this game. And he has to be in reality in order for him to win. Yeah, and, and, and really, I mean, today, the word of the day today, in my opinion, for the Steelers, Sonny, is sacrifice. And the reason I say sacrifice is because Ben Roethlisberger may have to sacrifice his health for the Steelers to win this game. Um, I, I talked about Antonio, Antonio Brown having a huge game, but I'm going to tell you, when, when New England puts pressure on Ben Roethlisberger, he's going to have to think fast which he, he normally does, and he's good at that. Um, so you're going to need to have guys, obviously Le'Veon Bell is going to have to be a guy that's going to have to get open in, in, the, uh, in the flats or uh, you know, jump off passes. But I tell you, I, I think another key guy that, that the Steelers are going to have to look for in this game a lot, okay, is Jesse James, the tight end. Okay, that's I agree. A guy that's gonna, he's going to have to be a third-down converting machine today, Sonny. If that doesn't happen, because here's the thing, what's Tom Brady going to do if he's on the sideline and New England's playing defense? There's nothing he can do. So that's, that's yep. how you beat quarterbacks like that, is you make them sit on the sideline, chew their fingernails, and watch uh, the defense try and get the ball back. That's the only way you're going to be able to beat Tom Brady. Now, everybody's like, well, Le'Veon Bill, he's the guy that's going to be able to do it. No. What does Bill Belichick do best? He takes away your best weapon. Who's, new, who's yep. Pittsburgh's best weapon? Hello, it's Le'Veon Bell. You can make the argument yeah, it's Mario Brown. Yep. But you're talking about a dual threat, Sonny, a true dual threat, arguably the best running back in the league in Le'Veon Bell. That's the guy that New England uh, is going to take away from them. So now, absolutely, okay, Coach, Coach Tomlin, what are you going to do next? Who's going to be the guy that you – that uh, what's the, what's the plan now? If they take away and they eliminate Le'Veon Bell from having any type of impact in this game, what what's your what's the plan B? Uh, well, uh, we may have to look at other options, and I think the other option really is Jesse James tight end. Like I said, he's going to have to convert some third downs and extend drives, uh, and even if it does equal a field goal, Sonny, I mean at least. Keep it close in the first half. If the Steelers yes. keep it close in the first half, then I think that the Steelers have a chance to win this game. Even though, you know, even though ESPN's giving the Patriots a you know seventy something percent chance to win this game, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like in the movie Dumb and Dumber. The Steelers are like, so you're saying there's a chance. Exactly. And, and, and I think they got a chance, don't get me wrong, because they're, the, the thing that has to happen in order for them to have that chance, Cuervo, is, is that there has got to be a complete uh, implosion of what the Patriots do defensively in order for them to be in this game. And I just don't see it. I, you know, I, I, I see him giving up a play here and there, but I don't see an implosion because guess what? We talk about, well, in the NFL, you know, and some of the shows that we've had, we talk about the Packers. 
the next guy up mentality. There's no better team in the NFL with, that has the best the the next man up mentality than the than the Patriots. They're the best team in the NFL with that mentality. So if they lose a player, regardless who it is, someone is going to be able to step in there and do that job adequately so the implosion doesn't happen. So I you know, I just looked at I just looked at the teams as a whole. Um who's the better quarterback? Well, it's Tom Brady. Who's the better coach? <laughs> it's Bill Belichick, okay? Who is the better all over football team? Tom Brady's twelve and uh, eleven and one in twelve games. Okay, it's real simple. The, the better team is the Patriots, and when you and this is not a disrespect to the to the Steelers because where they are at eleven and five, sitting in this game, they got there. But that game last week, Cuervo, was a great big indication that the wrong team is in this game. And that is not the kind of game that you want to have going in to Foxborough in the AFC Championship game in order to come off a victor. It's almost impossible to have a game like you did last week and come back and figure out a way to beat Bill Belichick and the uh, Patriots who have yet not only, you know, the, the regular season, but they even had the first round bye. So 13 games compared to 18, I think it, the, the season just catches up to the Pittsburgh Steelers today. Yeah, that's a good point, Sonny. I mean, it's been a long grind for the Steelers. I mean, there was a point in time where the Steelers – had a four-game losing streak, and, and things were looking rough. And, and everybody was like, hmm, I don't know if the Steelers are going to make it. And then that's when they went on their – I think they went on a six, seven-game winning streak, and, and you know, that's yep. how they got to where they are now. But like you said, I mean, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a couple things that had to happen in order for the Steelers to uh, to get to where they are. I mean, you know, the, the, the Ravens faded away at the end of the season. The, the Bengals were horrible, so – and I know a lot of people were, were picking Cincinnati to win that division. So just the fact that Pittsburgh made the postseason, I think people were kind of surprised, which you and I weren't. We, I think we both picked the Steelers to either win the division or get a wild card, one of the two. But we both had yes. the postseason regardless. So, um, But I tell you, one guy we haven't talked about yet, Sonny, and I want to get your opinion on it real quick because we only got about 15 minutes before we got to get out of here. I, I think the, the ultimate X factor, if you will, um, for this game is really the guy that led the league in rushing touchdowns. Now, I put it that way, but I bet you the, the first name that would come to mind would be, oh, that's Le'Veon Bell, right? No. no. It's, it's the yep. guy on the other side. LeGarrette yeah. Blunt, honey. How sweet what? do you think it would be for him to get to a Super Bowl and beat the team that pretty much Let him go. told him that he was kind of no good. He, was, he wasn't worthy of being a Steeler because he wanted to smoke a little marijuana. With Le'Veon yep. Bell, by the way, with right. Le'Veon Bell, who's still a Steeler, 
Um, <laughs> I, th- I, I you talk. I mean, you talk about some revenge. I mean, think about Legarrette Blunt's mentality today. How much would he like to get back at the team that kind of just, you know, pretty much dumped him off and and they turned their back on him really because. You know, he wanted to smoke a little pot. Now I get it. It's against the rules and, and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, how many chances did Josh Gordon get in, in Cleveland? How many chances did other guys get on their football teams? I think the Steelers made a mistake, Sonny, when when uh, they tell LeGarrette Blunt that he pretty much wasn't worthy to wear the Steelers uniform. And New England's given him a chance, and, and this is the result that they're getting. I mean, I mean, that, I don't know. I don't know if you think that's even uh, something worth talking about, but it's just something that that kind of just—it was like a light bulb that went off in my head. You know, how much would Garrett, how much would Legarrette Blunt like to get back at the Pittsburgh Steelers for um, you know for the way they they really showed in the door and, and disrespected him in a way? Well, this is what happened. This is really simple. They. they it's kind of like when you have a family and you have a uh, child favorite, and that's what happened here. Uh, the older, the older, uh, you know, Legarrette Blunt. Okay, it, he was the first, but he's not the most loved. The most loved is the newest baby in the bunch, and that would be Le'Veon Bell. Regardless, like you said, you talk about the marijuana, like, you know, it was right there. Heck, that's the reason why he was suspended. Listen, this guy is not Mr. Clean when it comes to reputation. I mean, he's got, he's got a rep. And so did LeGarrette Blunt, and they just took the child favorite. So, um, in reality, they let the child favorite move on. So, you know, and that's how you can kind of look at it. Forget what he did for the for – the, um, the franchise before Le'Veon Bell came in. That's what they did. It's like you said, Cuervo, they kind of turned their back on the guy that, you know, really kind of helped them, you know, on the, in their running game that they needed in reality. No, this guy, this guy's, let's just be honest, okay? He's no Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's better. But at the same time, when you've been there as long as he had been, you got to, there's just no real, um, there's no real dedication to you. There's no real loyalty to you. And I think that is more than anything, the loyalty factor that could play into it is regarding Le'Veon Bell's mentality. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, obviously, um, you know, Le'Veon Bell's got to think his lucky stars too because, I mean, I tell you, if he wasn't, the, the running back that he is, it, you know, I mean, he'd be another LeGarrette Blunt, and he would be playing for another team right now. But, and, you know, that just goes to show it, it, it really, at the end of the day, it's, teams are willing to sweep things under the rug if, if you're an important piece on that team. Just like with Antonio, if, if it was any other receiver on that, on that uh, Steelers team side that that had recorded that video, I, I, I'm almost willing to bet that there would be some sort of actual punishment um, for that for that player. But because it's Antonio Brown, we're just gonna we're just gonna you know we're just gonna pretend like it's like 
like it never even happened. And I, and I get it. It wasn't really that big of a deal to begin with. But I'm, yep. I would, I, I'm willing to bet if there was anyone else on that team, Sonny, there would be some sort of, of uh, you know, discipline coming down, some sort of punishment. So, at the beginning of the year, I, I chose who was going to win the Super Bowl, and it's, it hasn't changed. It's got to be Tom Brady, so I have the Patriots. Uh, who are you going to pick? Well, Sonny, um, I've gone with New England as well. Um, I, you know, I, I, just, I just feel like, uh, you know, like, like we said from the beginning, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, first of all, they're, they're fortunate to, to be even in this game. Um, and second of all, I mean, just gonna, I'm just gonna say it, you know, you're not gonna beat the, the Patriots kicking field goals. It's just not gonna happen. Uh-uh. So I agree. You know, they they have to get in the end zone today, Sunday, or else it's gonna be a long day for for the Steelers, for the Steeler Nation. Um, you know, every anything black and gold, it's gonna be a long day if they cannot get in the end zone. So um, I think this is out. Tom Brady's way of, of he's going to stick it to uh, the commissioner. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, you don't want to, you don't want to come. You want to, you'd rather be in Atlanta. That's fine. Uh, we'll we'll see you in Houston. So it's going to be one of those things where, you know, it, it it'll be uh, that it's a motivation factor for for the Patriots. So I like New England to win this game. And I think it's really simple. Now, the reason why I asked him with 10 minutes left to go, actually 12 minutes, there's a big story that came out 21 hours ago, Quervo. Jim Mersey of the Indianapolis Colts gets rid mm-hmm. of his GM. He keeps his head coach. Is that a mistake, Quervo? Or do you think this was the right move over there in Indianapolis? That's hard to say, Sonny. I mean, uh, I, I hate to use the, the excuse of, well, you know, the, the Colts were battling with injuries this year and, and, and whatnot. Now, the, biggest, the biggest thing was that, if I'm not mistaken, Andrew Luck played the whole season. And, it, you know, it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't his best season, I'll tell you that. But, you know, um, I, I think it was more about just the the Colts have to get better as a team. And maybe for the owner, the way he sees it is it's not really the coaching that's wrong. Maybe it's the personnel on the field. The the talent that they have is just not there. And so I think that's why you see a situation here where the GM gets fired and the coach is still around. So, um, you know, I, I think I think also – you know, the players are, they love playing for Coach Pagano. They're loyal to him. And, um, you know, I, I think I think if they get some better personnel, they could, they could possibly turn it around. So I think that's the, the owner's mentality is just, you know, we just need better talent on the field. And really, that's not the responsibility of the head coach. It's the GM. Exactly, and when I look at when I when I saw earlier, um, you know the 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 fact of this season of where 
you got a guy at the quarterback position, you got Andrew Luck. The only guy that he's known is Chuck Pagano. Let's just be honest. And sometimes familiarity has a lot to do with what you're going to do moving forward. And who's the guy that's not out on the football field week in, week out is your general manager. He's not the guy that's making the decisions, at least in this case, obviously. He's not the guy that is out there doing whatever they got to do in order to win. That comes from the head coach. So you got to keep the familiar uh, feeling. The question is, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, Ursay's already said that's not going to happen. He's not going to be the general manager of the Colts. What are the Colts going to do? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Is it, is it going to be a yes guy, or is it going to be a guy that goes out and makes moves to bring in the right players? I think it has to be a guy like that, Sonny. I mean, yes men, <clears throat> yes men don't ever pan out because the guys that they're saying yes to <laughs> normally aren't very smart football guys. I mean, and that's why, you know, you get hired as the GM is to make those decisions, to make those tough decisions that not everybody may agree with, but it's better for the franchise, better for the team. So, Hiring yes men as a GM is never a good thing. It never works out. Um, you know, so they're going to have to find somebody that they're okay with having disagreements with. And, 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 but at the same time, the ownership has to be uh, willing to have a guy in, in, their, in the front office that, that will, you know, not always side with them. So that that's an ego thing for the owner, and you know, we all know Jim Irsay is a guy that has a reputation in the league. He's not exactly the quietest guy, uh, so uh, you know he has to really think think about you know not just having a guy that is going to always agree with. He's going to have to be okay with having those little disputes every once in a while about who they're going to draft and, and whatnot, because in the end, Sonny, it, it, it always benefits. It always benefits the team when the smarter guy goes with the guy they want instead of just, oh, this is who the boss wants, so this is who we're going to go with. I mean, you look at prime example is the, the Oakland Raiders. And, and again, not to, not to speak ill of the, death, but, uh, of the dead, but, you know, once Al Davis um, – you know, mo- uh, moved on, and and he was no longer the owner. The son moved in, and and he started listening to his his front office his personnel, and you see where the Raiders are now, and they're a much better team for it. Well, he had to go through a couple of years of that though before he realized, hey, I'm not the guy to do it. Okay, um, he had to go through a couple of years of doing that. So, you know, you know. As far as that whole situation is concerned, but you're right. I mean, you you got a franchise that really. I mean, we're we're only talking four years past Peyton Manning, and you got Andrew Luck is the guy that can be the next guy to move it on. You got to keep the familiar faces with that guy, and and you can say whatever you want. I've never heard any bad blood going back between Chuck Pagano and Andrew Luck. So if you're going into the season, you want a relationship that you know is going to work. And then after the season, as far as your general manager is concerned, 
Um, if there's still a problem, then Chuck Pagano goes. It, this is the right move. I mean, you've got to keep a familiar place. Chuck Pagano is not the worst head coach in the NFL. There are plenty more. Um, and then you always go back to, well, who are they going to get? Are they going to get the big-name guy or just someone to step in for a year or two? I think they're playing for later on down the road. They're planning in case they say, got to grab someone up. That's going to be after next year. So I, I think this is a pretty good move for the Colts on what they're doing and where they're going to end up um, as far as this season is concerned, this upcoming season is concerned. Um, and the fact that they're in quite possibly the worst division in football being the AFC South, it should be a no-brainer on who's going to win that division. So I think you keep the same coach. Yeah, I think so too, Sonny. Like I said, I mean, you know, it's not like the Colts are in a rebuilding phase. I mean, this is a team that are I, – I think they've got it offensively. You know, they've got the quarterback. They've got good receivers. I mean – this is a did you know moment here, but did you know that T.Y. Hilton was actually the leading receiver in the NFL this year? Yeah, exactly. In the NFL. So, yeah. so, you know, that that right there tells you, okay, they've got some good things going on offensively. The problem with the Colts is their defense is horrible. So yes. they, they, need a, they need a defensive-minded coach that is going to go in there and turn and turn the tables on the defense to match – what the Colts can do offensively. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, who, I don't know who that guy's going to be, but um, whoever it is, Sonny, um, you know, they're going to have to get a GM that, um, you know, that, that will listen to Chuck Pagano because he's a defensive guy uh, and, and say, hey, you know, GM, this is the guy we need to draft or this is the guy we need to go sign in free agency. So, um that, that's where the problems lie with the Colts is, is the defense is bad. And you would think it'd be better because Chuck Pagano's a defensive guy. But the problem with the Colts is that they ignore the defensive side of the football and they, and they, have, to, they have to stop. Wow, they had the defensive coach, and that comes from the GM. Absolutely, Cuervo. You, you, just, you just hit the nail on the head as far as that was concerned. You've got the defensive guy in there, but yet you don't have a good defense. Whose fault is that? That's the GM. You've got to bring the guys in. And it don't matter. Hey, it don't matter as far as the reputation is concerned. You've got to, you've got to get those players in there. If you don't get them in there, that's the GM's fault. Plain and simple, because there are many players that are good football players that probably wouldn't mind playing for Chuck Pagano. So you you, you got to look at it in that way. I think it, it was the right move. Now, the last story, since we're, we're going to go over the 2 o'clock smart since they're doing the national anthem on TV, I wanted to talk to you about NFL Countdown. Earlier today, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, he gets on and writes, the check for his fine on ESPN countdown. Is this a punk move, Cuervo? <laughs> no, nah, Sonny, I don't think so. It's just entertainment, really. I mean, I, I really don't think it's a punk move. Uh, I mean, now if he was to go on there and start bashing the ref some more or, or you know, uh, doing something – you know, to be disrespectful to the league or to the refs, or, 
then yeah, that's a that's a punk move. But I, I think he's just having fun with it. Um, I don't really see the big deal. Um, I saw it pop up on ESPN's website. I didn't. I didn't. I watch NFL Network for my morning pregame show, so I didn't actually see the check being written or anything like that. But me either. Nah, I, I, I don't. I don't make a big deal of it. I, I, it's just. It's all in. I guess not good fun, but it's. It's just entertainment. Uh, okay. I, I, me, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go on there. I think it's a punk move. I, you know, it, it's bad. It's bad enough. Now, you know, I don't know. I, he's going to get fined for doing it, by the way. So if he thinks that's the last check he's writing, he's writing another one for the move, okay? Because in reality, by him doing that on TV, he just criticized the refs yet again on a different, on a different level. And it's showing, to me, you, I think it shows a lack of respect for the league. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've got a little bit of an authority now in a league. If, if one of my guys did that, I would. not only did he have to find the pay, he's going to have to pay another one for a detriment to the league. That kind of thing can't be done. I think, to me, I think it's a show of disrespect towards the authority of the team. And you can't have players doing that. Now, granted, if you want to go and have a media guy rip on them all day long, I mean, that's just what they do. But as a player and as such a big stage as it is, I don't think Roger Goodell can allow that kind of thing to happen. I think I find him again. Now, that has also been saying, since we're at the commercial, real quick, Roger Goodell is not at the New England game. Is that a coincidence, Cuervo? <laughs> no, it's, it was planned, Sonny. I, I, I think he uh, I think he wants to avoid that whole situation as much as he can because, you know, it's it's probably going to pain him to, hold, to hand Bill Belichick yet another AFC Championship trophy and to congratulate yeah. him on and get into the Super Bowl. I think again. that's exactly what happened. I think, I think that's exactly. He did not want to have to hand him the trophy. As it is, he's hoping that somehow someone other team besides the Patriots can win the Super Bowl. It's going to be bad enough for him in two weeks. Um, for him to actually yeah. turn around and do it again, do it again. I think that's exactly what he's saying. Uh, uh, undertone, of course, he'll never say now, that, but that's exactly what's going on. Now, Sonny, imagine, um, and I, I doubt it's going to happen, but imagine the the bashing he would get if New England gets to the Super Bowl and Roger Goodell does not show up to the Super Bowl. Oh, he'll show up. But my question is, is will he hand him the trophy or will he leave it to the media? He'll probably leave it to, I don't know who the next person down is from the commissioner. Maybe his, one of his assistants or maybe he lets the owner do it or maybe. So, or, I mean, it, it could be a number of different things, but I just know that he's going to avoid as much as he can any type of interaction with Tom Brady because you know Tom Brady's probably got something scripted already for oh, Mike yeah. Goodell if if it happens and New England wins the Super Bowl, he's gonna he's gonna take a shot at Goodell. I, I guess oh, yeah. he's, oh, yeah. he's not gonna care if he gets fined. He's not gonna care <laughs> if they try to push a suspension. 
he's not going to give a rat's fat butt because that's going to be his moment to stick it right back at the bill. I know what it is. It's like this. this one's for you, right? I, I can just hear it. I mean, this is, it's, it's exactly what it is. And, it, and, you know, I don't know. Should Roger Goodell stand up to it and take it? Of course, I think he should. Do I think he's going to do it? No. I don't think Roger Goodell is handle, handling the trophy. I don't think he's handling it to anybody if the Patriots win oh, that yeah. Super Bowl. Now, if, if the, the Falcons or um, the Packers, uh, I think he's going to be handing it out all day long. But I, I, I believe it. That's just me. But it, we've been kind of pushing that all year long. So, well, Cuervo, we're about ready for kickoff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're ready, Tony. I mean, they're, they're doing the intros right now. Uh, so it, it's going to be uh, – I can't wait, Tony. I can't wait for these games to start. It's a rainy day, actually, here in San Diego County. So um, I guess I got to stay in the house. And Oh, well, what do you know? Football's on. Well, you know, you just have to do something. Now, now the, the typical man-woman question, is your wife watching the games with you today? When it comes to – I think she's going to have questions. But, um, uh-huh. you know, because she does know certain players and she does know who's playing and stuff like that. But uh, to sit there and watch it, like, every play like I'm going to – I, I don't think so, <laughs> but um, yeah. my wife gets very curious at times, and she'll ask questions about what's going on. It, 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 it'll be it'll be a it'll be an interesting day. It should be all right, my man. Well, we did it again. We'll get we're gonna be back on the air next week, even though there's no games going on. Uh, we might just kick it right at noon for a couple of weeks, so we'll do that. It seems to work out pretty good. Uh, seeing how there's no games, it won't matter. So we'll discuss that later on once I know my schedule. That's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is conference title game week. Enjoy the game. We'll see who makes the Super Bowl. We're out of here, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye.